0: This looks normal though, but I thought it looked normal last time, last time,
1: so why? So just for like a little transparency, I don't know how you feel about this. Be transparent. Let people know we recorded this whole episode like two days ago.
0: Don't we say it every it. time that yeah. we re-record? We have to. We are not liars. If there's one thing you want to know, we are not liars.
1: This this podcast is going to be re <laughs> <laughs> re ra- La- 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 renamed Renamed Middle Brow. This Middle Brow
0: Take I th- Two. The whole I... yeah. podcast is just called Take Two.
1: Take Two. I think about like this experience makes it incredibly evident that sound engineers are really critical.
0: Here's the deal. If anyone wants to be a sponsor, hell, we're down. Even if it's like butt paste for babies or, like, literally anything embarrassing, we're down. I, I'm speaking for Lizzie. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> even me. Really scraping
1: the bottom of the barrel. But you know what? I'm fine with it. She's at this like, point. wait a second,
0: wait a second. <laughs> what are we? What are we committing to? <laughs> um, hi guys. Hello. We've recorded this already one time. Hi. Welcome to Middlebrow. This is a mostly contemporary art podcast. What if this is the first time they're listening to it and they're like, this sounds boring. (laughs) (laughs) Why is she talking like that? (laughs) I love vocal fry. Why does she not have any vocal fry? (laughs) Welcome to the brow. This is a mostly contemporary art podcast hosted by two completely average human artists. That's us. This is my best friend,
1: Lindsay Schultz. And that is my best friend, Olive Moya.
0: And... Our podcast is about art. We try to be super interesting. (laughs) Is that the line? It's for artists and people who want to know about art but are too intimidated.
1: Trust me, we're right there with you.
0: I feel like I forced that line on you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't touch your mic. Hands off. (gasps) Who are we doing we
0: are talking about Kathleen Ryan. If you'd like to find her on Instagram, it's Katie Ryan, Katie
1: Ryan, which is really cute. That reminds me of Jack in the Box, where it's like, how you doing? How you doing? Nope. In the I wasn't 90s. really
0: allowed to watch that much TV. <laughs> can you hear me now? Good. That's all I can remember. Yep. Okay. Um,. Kathleen Ryan. She was born in 1984, which makes Who her is She
1: is she a painter? Jesus Christ,
0: she's an artist. <laughs> okay, she's a sculptor.
1: Get ready um, to be verbally assaulted in this episode.
0: <laughs> no, the thing is like around 9 I'll start falling asleep, so <laughs> real interesting at that point. Um so accept my feistiness right now cuz you won't get it later. She's a sculptor, almost exclusively. She was born in 1984 in Santa Monica which we were talking I <laughs> don't. I cannot
1: not say it. It's such a weird place to grow up.
0: It truly is a weird place. LA to me just seems like the world of transplants. Like if you lived mm-hmm. there for two years, you can say you're from there. It's not like that in any other city pretty right. much. But you can say you're from there almost immediately because most people don't last that long. <laughs> so. Or
1: like they grow up in... Thousand Oaks, Mm -hmm. Westlake, you know, a little bit outside of L.A., but like right in Santa Monica.
0: It's weird. I can't even picture a normal house in Santa Monica. I know. Um, So she lives and works in New York and L.A., but basically two years ago, she moved to New York and has been working there since.
1: What a horrible life.
0: I feel so bad for her. (laughs) She got her BA from Pitzer College in Claremont, California in '06, and her MFA from UCLA in 2014, which I always wanted wow. to go to UCLA. Yeah.
1: That was and the year before I got my MFA. She's doing so much better than I am. No, no, no. She's
0: younger. I mean, older.
1: <laughs> I got right? my MFA in 2015. N- yeah, now It's different than what I was thinking. That one year, I was really, I was
0: still in high school when she graduated from <laughs> college. Hey, hey, Mark Bradford is our, you know, our pedestal of like mm-hmm. he just got his bachelor's degree in at thirty. So we can just stay in that place in our brain. I'm gonna have to. Um, <laughs> so I always wanted to go to UCLA because I don't know it was the coolest school ever, and I went there in. Um, freshman like year of high school for a theater thing and I felt so cool walking around campus like yeah I'm so cool. With but your I, braces?
1: Yeah with my braces <laughs> <laughs> I had braces on um, did, did you know <laughs> What's this now? In
0: what year? Before when I already was in Colorado what were you going to tell me?
1: i can't it's so hard i didn't even have wine tonight um it's because it's the most awkward thing to have to take two okay (laughs) it takes two baby did you know it takes two i was driving around ucla i was driving around that area when i saw that there was a active shooter on campus and it was this guy in the engineering department, who came back and shot? But did he shoot anybody? Yeah, his mentor. His mentor? Yeah, his like teacher/slash mentor. Well, what the fuck, dude? And from what I've heard, his, was it his wife or his fiance? I think it was his wife. They found was the killed same day? Several days before oh he my went God. to UCLA.
0: So, this is what you need to. Fin- did you finish that book or no? Talking to Strangers? Yeah, I talking finished it in like a
1: strangers. day. Oh, okay. I was going to say. For people who don't know clearly, we're talking about Talking to Strangers written by Malcolm, by Malcolm Gladwell. You have to listen to the audiobook though because it's
0: the most well-produced audiobook you've ever heard. Oh, anyway. So that's what I have this natural, which clearly is everyone. Humans just want to trust people. They're just like erring on the mm-hmm. side of trusting people because that's how we survive. And then there's those people who are like are a little bit more paranoid. And I think, of course, that's changing with like Mm -hmm. now. Obviously, we listen to these like true crime podcasts and stuff. So even I (laughs) am becoming more aware of my surroundings and what I do. And I start thinking about like what I would do if the situation went wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just think, oh, that's nothing. Uh, Oh, That's kind of weird, but it's not Mm -hmm. that weird. Like there's no way he's going to kill me. Like that's crazy. He's my husband, or whatever. He's my student. He's a little off, but that doesn't mean anything. People are off sometimes, which is mostly true. And then there are those mm-hmm. moments when it's not true, and it's really sad. But you can't start thinking that everyone's out to get you, or no, you can't live your life. <laughs> so no, no way. Anyway, uh, can I call her Katie, K- Kathleen? Can I call you Katie? Katie is a student, was a student of Charles Ray and Catherine Opie at. UCLA, mm-hmm. which is badass for anybody who doesn't know. Look up those two names.
1: They're both so good. Yeah.
0: And, and big time. So I couldn't find a lot of quote unquote fun info on her. I think she's really cute in her interview, which is one of the only interviews I could find. Um, yeah, she just kind of like laughs to herself when she's talking and like... <laughs> Not that we don't all come on. Yeah. Who who among us? But yeah, there's no really personal information about her. So too bad. We just gotta focus on her beautiful artwork. But there is one thing that I thought was pretty funny when I was first looking through her C V. She had a show in like 2014 or something titled Temecula. And the show was in San Diego and I thought that was funny because I'm from Temecula. I don't know. I felt cool for a second.
1: It's just like suburban drawing. It's just a picture of my house. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? It's <laughs> is such a wine place. And she does all this stuff with wine <gasps> and grapes. Whoa. There's your connection right there.
0: That's so true. So I started with what she started with on her website, because I'm assuming that's where she would like for us to start talking about her, um, which is self-titled Kathleen Ryan is the name of the show. At Josh Lilly Gallery in London in 2016.
1: In London?
0: In London town. Um, it's funny that her first show wasn't in L.A. for how L.A. her work is, but whatever. did
1: she get to London? And how's know. she getting work so soon after? <laughs> I need to talk to her.
0: Now I'm worried that <laughs> this isn't tips. in London because you brought up the fact that there's a Josh Lilly Gallery in L.A. <laughs> so now I'm worried, but okay, Whatever.
1: I would assume you wouldn't just randomly insert a city, just like any city. Joshua in Auckland <laughs> in the North
0: Pole with Santa Claus. We're uh, not here
1: for facts.
0: No, this is not about facts. This is
1: this is An about interpretation fun. of art
0: <laughs> and history. This is about bringing maybe you a Maybe she was in
1: London. Maybe she wasn't.
0: I just make up a bunch of facts. And she was a sexy divorcee. And then she moved to the North Pole and she hooked up with Santa Claus.
1: novels on the weekends.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't find any fun info. So here's some shit I made up. I find her work to be so L.A. It's very mm-hmm. L.A. Don't which, talk like that. <laughs> it's so, which I love. I love it so much. Mm -hmm. I think that's what drew me to her work because there's something about just the feeling of LA um, despite the difficulties it presents in actually living there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you get my video I sent you? (laughs) The Ricky Gervais show, the animated clip I sent you? You didn't send me that. Yeah, I did. What? I didn't find it. It was in a text message and I sent it to you with no context and it was... The part where Carl Pilkington is talking about, first they're like, what's the scariest sound ever? And he's like, for me or me as a worm? And And they're like, why would it be you as a worm? And he's like, well, he goes into this backstory about how he himself loves the sound of birds, but as a worm, it's really scary. <laughs> so he starts thinking about how sounds are so subjective whether you like them or you hate them oh, and then that's he so went into smart this, and then he went into this whole side story about how he thinks the scariest sound would be going to bed and hearing your baby laugh in
0: the other oh room oh my god Romy does it all the time <laughs> that's who you need to host your podcast with you not me
1: if Carl would man I would do that in a second sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even blame you.
1: Anyways. Um, okay. So about this work, what I think is so L.A. about it is particularly the color in this one. So it's like these concrete balloons mm-hmm. or it's like balloons that had been filled with concrete and smoothed down in the shape of like grapes. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's like this cluster. All like
0: clustered. Yeah.
1: And then but it's like on this metal pole stand. But the pole stands like this light pink. And then yeah. Like, like that color pink. in itself, or like that color combination of like this hardness with the softness and playfulness, like So much. That playful quality is what feels very Los Angeles and what feels very kind of warm and homey about about Mama, the work.
0: I have to go pee. <laughs> this is going really well so far. <laughs> okay. And I mean, just the use of concrete the use of palm tree stuff and how her work is so like sparse and spread out Mm -hmm. all of that feels very la so this first image um so this is just someone else must have written this about her work but i thought i clearly thought it was like a good overall idea um it says in concrete steel pewter and second hand second (laughs) hand
1: detritus nope the t comes before the r detritus Detritus. Secondhand detritus. Kathleen, I say it so confidently, but I've never heard that word in my
0: life. <laughs> you should look it up for me. Uh, Kathleen Ryan renders grapes and ivy, shells and pearls, or rays of light, filtering nature through the instruments of culture and industry. The artist embraces duality wherever it can be found.
1: Detritus, waste or debris of any kind. Oh, in was... biology, detritus is dead particulate organic material
0: that makes sense like her thrifting of things and finding uses for them sure anyway um so this first room in the Joshua lily gallery has one of her grape like concrete grape pieces on this stand like you described it it's just like these cluster of grapes hanging off of this but they're
1: made they're Actually, balloons, right?
0: Yeah, they're made. Yes, they're made from balloons filled with concrete. And then she polishes the concrete to make them shiny like grapes. And then how they're clustered and chained mm-hmm. together uh, looks like a cluster of grapes. Mm-hmm. And then it's on this baby pink stand. And then next to it. So the reason they brought up rays of light is um, these like stair railing pieces are s- named things that are kind of representing light um so Hmm. anyway this red one is just like this (laughs) super tall basically like a stair railing turned on its side and painted red
1: a coffee stirring straw that you've bent because you're bored
0: oh yeah because you're like chewing on it
1: (laughs) yeah it kind of does look like that
0: so then there's another one that's yellow
1: this looks like an actual stair railing railing yes
0: like a whole like there's wall like of railing yeah um but just turned on its side and like going up into the air and i really love those and then there's another cluster of grapes so the first thing i want to describe is these grape pieces So a little background in greek mythology Dionysus is the son of zeus
1: Zeus is the most badass. Zeus
0: is the god of gods of gods. He's like you know the one. He's also so Dionysus is also called Bacchante, Bacchus. I'm gonna Bacchus. guess Bacchus. Yeah. Um. So check check it out. He's the god of grape harvest, which is like all right, fine, whatever. Wine making and wine, which is cool. Fertility, which is basically sex ritual madness whatever that means which i don't understand what ritual ma- like madness okay i get it but ritual madness and religious ecstasy
1: basically the <laughs> two last things are just like cult yeah.
0: so cults and wine basically <laughs> and wine sex. cult wine which, sex cult those things normally go together so i get it i get it um but i feel like he's the coolest god he's the the he god became, of the coolest
1: things he became the coolest one because he's like the whiny little brother that's like oh grape harvest <laughs> i don't want that and then the, all the other ones had to like give up their stuff and they're like here fine stop complaining take mine. Yeah, like ugh, take fertility like
0: you're 10 years younger than me. I'm sick of your complaining. Mom loves you the most because you're so cute and tiny. Have my old t-shirt that I used to have because mm-hmm. there's no money left for you. So sorry. You can have a fruit roll-up for dinner, you know? What he was It's <laughs> so, <and> so bad. <gasps> we even recorded this twice and it's still a dark episode. So he has these followers like any true cult leader and um they're called priests well they're called bachantes but they were like his priestesses are called which i'd love to be called mm-hmm. a priestess too because i don't really know what that means but it's like this cult following of all these cool things like wine drinking and whatnot and from what i can tell they basically just like run around the woods all drunk and dancing and tear apart Animals. Sounds like Coachella. Yeah. Well, except for the tearing apart of animals. <laughs> well, I don't know. That sounds very Maybe. similar. Yeah. <laughs> People are on drugs and they're dancing around and just killing small animals like every good serial killer does.
1: One of my friends texted me about the the Netflix documentary Don't F with cats. Don't fuck with cats. I was and like, why um,
0: you're not just saying fuck with Okay. Well, cuz it's Cuz my like dad F listens to it bleeped now. Bleeped out. Yeah. It oh, it is honest. bleeped out. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um she was saying, "Oh, cuz he eventually progressed to murder and she's like, yeah, you know, they like an early sign of serial killers is abuse to animals. And I was like,
0: <laughs> yeah, <duh>. girl,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. who and- <laughs> do you think you're talking to right now? I knew that when I was four years old. Yeah.
0: Do you ever wonder why I'm paranoid? Because this is the information I had when I was four.
1: My babysitter was forensic files. (laughs) (laughs) That and excessive bedwetting and hitting your head obsession with fires. And yes, hitting your head at a young age really hard. So
0: yeah, that's what my, yeah. I asked my mom if she was like ever afraid that my brother was going to be a a serial killer. And she was like, is that a real sign of, (laughs) and I was like, Oh yeah. That, Like, almost every serial killer pretty much has, like, injured their head when they're at a young age. And she was like, oh, no. I'm so
1: (laughs) glad he's not. Deb, (laughs) there's still time. Keep an eye on
0: him. Okay, so wait. That was a tangent. But let's get back to these Bachantes. Another real fun fact about Bachantes that are probably going to be murderers. They wear fawn skins, like deer baby deer's. Uh, like Bambi, they wear baby Bambi skins, mm. and they carry staffs. Like, like I was gonna say, Gandhi. What's his
1: name? <laughs> what's his
0: name in Lord of the Rings? Gandalf. Gandalf. Sorry, Gandhi. Basically Gandalf, the same very person. Very similar. One, one is way more hair. One is short. One is hairy. One is not. Okay. Um, <laughs> carry staffs like Gandalf covered with vines and grapes because they're trying to be they love wine and they're trying to be really symbolic and like um and they wear crowns made of vines and often handle snakes which is you know badass (laughs) but I really truly think I could spend a whole lifetime or maybe just have a separate podcast where I retell Greek mythology because it's (laughs) so wild and
1: crazy I was forced well, it was a requirement to learn Latin and Greek mythology in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Can you speak in Latin? So, aka Cornelius. Oh. That's all I know, remember from What does it, that mean? Which means, look, Cornelius.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> very anticlimactic.
1: Uh, that's all I remember.
0: Anyway, so one of the things I read, just to get a sense for Dionysus, he was pissed off because the king and, and his the king's mother, which I think the king was like his cousin... They were, like, spreading some shit that he's not the son of Zeus, which he was. And so he was pissed and he wanted to prove it and punish them. So he lures the king into the woods and his bachante ladies danced around and just casually (laughs) tore him to pieces. Whoa. And then his mom comes and she just goes crazy, like at the sight of it or something, and starts thinking her dead son is a lion, which I don't know how you mistake that, but whatever. And so she rips his head off. Anyway, the whole thing is a little intense. Like, they just spread rumors that he's not the son of somebody else. I feel like he went a little Do you overboard. Think, it's just like, stories. a lot of these
1: stories sound like these people are just have some kind of mental illness, and that if they were just properly medicated... I mean, I'm not against it. They seem our new podcast combining mental health with greek mythology <gasps> let's start a second podcast. <laughs> persephone clearly has stockholm syndrome why else would she go down there with hades
0: let's bring it on back bachantes are the names of these grape sculptures made from balloons filled with cement
1: so the bachantes were the, the priestesses
0: cult. yeah the cult ladies the
1: cult girls Yeah and that's to what pieces. the balloon sculptures are named after. Yes,
0: and they were like okay. these, you know, they were also involved
1: with wine and grapes
0: and mm-hmm. vines and stuff. So Josh Lily Gallery wrote a press release that says the Bachante works are both playful pop forms and cautionary tales, pure sex fit to burst as well as literal balls and chains, bleak and heavy. Um so that kind of explains nothing. That. <laughs> i I get it stop (laughs) fucking with me dude okay also she loves ebay and thrift stores i'm gonna tell you more about this later i so these bowling balls so this next piece that was in the show like an oyster like a giant oyster shell with a hinge what
1: is it on it i always thought the bowling ball was cut in half and I was like a little tiny ball but i realized that's the
0: bowling ball no no it's like concrete in in a form and then has this like hinge on it and it's painted Mm -hmm. this that same like baby pinkish color Mm -hmm. and then she placed a bowling ball like a yellowish
1: a creamy creamy creamy,
0: yeah uh bowling ball in the center so immediately you see it and you're like that's an oyster with a pearl in it there's this other piece that kind of goes back to i feel they didn't say this explicitly but these bachante figures and this vine thing so it's um like silver Really pretty delicate-looking silver vine leaves, in a like a crown shape or a circle. But then it's just she always juxtaposed against the more like ugly industrial thing. So it's literally just like stuck in a pail filled with concrete to keep it mm-hmm. standing upright. So her next show in two thousand seventeen is at uh, how do you pronounce it? Gabali, 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 Gabali. I don't know, something, Francois Gabali? Francois Gobali in L.A. And it's called Weightless Again. And it's taken from the song entitled Weightless Again by the Handsome Family. And the song goes, This is why people OD on pills and jump from the Golden Gate Bridge. Anything to feel weightless again. I listened to so much of their music today and it's really dark, but I love it. I really like it.
1: It It surprises me because it's so folky.
0: I don't know why I like it. Yeah me a funny feeling inside
1: are we going into milan ruse right now i was just thinking. <laughs> i was gonna start
0: seeing it but i couldn't remember the first words okay weightless again they're calling it her first solo exhibition so i don't know what that means they were like fuck josh lily gallery <laughs> maybe they mean just in la this is jennifer s lee in her piece that she wrote about this show uh, it says Kathleen Ryan's first solo exhibition flowed like a nostalgic but sobering love ballad. The seven sculptures speaking to the beauty found in the fluctuations of nature, industry and culture. Mm. Ooh, funny feeling inside.
1: I can only picture that creepy. Me too. With mustache
0: <laughs> twitching. <inside. Eww. laughs> <Gross>. Stop ordering <laughs> prostitutes. Your mustache is nasty. Uh, so the main sculpture in the front part of the gallery that I'm assuming you're first going to see when you walk in is called Between Two Bodies. It is three ceramic oranges sandwiched between two huge blocks of cement. And the blocks are kind of like in an L shape, equal, oppositely positioned.
1: Yeah, they're like two concrete cubes, basically, but like a chunky L shaped one's on the bottom and and then the other one is flipped upside down and goes the other way so it kind of looks like a chunky S shape but between the two of them are these three ceramic oranges being like what looks like would be crushed by the weight of the top one but it's holding them yeah, s- like apart. slightly apart then on the wall
0: on one of the walls is one called Pearls which I love so much it's- so pretty It's so beautiful it is like a giant string of pearls created from hot pink bowling balls and it's resting on the top of the wall and then like as if the strand were unhooked you know like the necklace was unclasped then the two loose ends are just hanging over the other side of the wall and then on that side there's like another room of the gallery
1: but like the bowling balls vary in color and i guess texture so they're like darker pink ones and lighter pink ones orangey ones and more speckly ones so there has this variety in them that makes it so much more realistic looking or like more convincing as a pearl necklace
0: right like you were saying um like a mardi gras necklace Since it's plastic and just like Mm -hmm. painted, they all look exactly the same. So it doesn't look real or even like fake pearls don't look real in that way.
1: Yeah. Like if it was all like this one solid bright pink bowling ball, it would look tacky. Yeah. Or this actually looks
0: gorgeous. Which is crazy because they're pink. Like it just, but it totally tricks your mind. Like everything she Mm -hmm. does with, especially when she's messing with scale, really does trick your mind to where it's just like, this is just a blown up version thing. But your brain immediately sees it. Mm -hmm. So the bowling balls came from when she had substituted or like came up with the idea of the pearl for the oyster, then suddenly it kind of opened her mind to like, oh, I could make a whole string of pearls with bowling balls. And then in her weirdo thrifty self was just like, let me collect 10,000 bowling balls. <laughs>
1: of all the things you could possibly collect, <laughs> the I mean, worst I get one. it? it turns into something beautiful, but like initially... That is the last thing that anyone should collect. I just imagine like a storage
0: space. You open the doors just like bowling (laughs) balls come rushing
1: (laughs) like like a cartoon.
0: So in the room when you go around and there's like the smaller room in back where the two what's left of the pink bowling ball strands is hanging over the one side.
1: The open side? Yes.
0: This piece called Parasol. And it's like a bare skeletal version of an outdoor umbrella with these really...
1: That's like light, light green. Almost like a key lime pie green. Mm -hmm. Even lighter.
0: It's very, very light. And then on it are all these... Parakeets, but they're like sloppily made. That's not my word. Someone else's words <laughs> but <laughs> but I think it's on purpose. It is on purpose. Sloppily mm-hmm. made parakeets, and they like you can see her fingerprints in them. They don't really have faces. They don't have really anything.
1: Yeah, they're just kind of the abstract shapes of a parakeet. Yeah, like
0: a big blob and then a long tail blob.
1: Mm-hmm. They look almost like seahorses with how her fingers indent them. Mm-hmm. Like they have like that all the kind divots. Of- and they vary in color. There's like some that are darker green, some that are brighter green, some that are more muted light green. So there are a variety within the birds. And they're so they're placed perched on the wiring, mm-hmm. the skeletal umbrella. Yes.
0: So that's that back room. And then, ooh, one of my favorite pieces is one called Rise and Fall. Mm-hmm. And the shape is taken from a palm tree that Ryan passed often in her former pasadena neighborhood and it was this is so la it's just like a palm tree that doesn't naturally grow in la that was all imported all these palm trees these like smooth tall palm trees
1: our natural ones are like short fat and hairy
0: yeah those are more natural
1: (laughs) not that we're body shaming palm yeah
0: i love you short fat and hairy palm trees (laughs) you're my type (laughs) fuck the skinny ones um just kidding i love skinny ones too it's not so but then it's growing under a freeway overpass so it became super twisted it's just like growing in on itself like an ingrown toenail or some shit and (laughs) (laughs) so it's all twisted the worst analogy so gross it's not it's really pretty it doesn't look like an ingrown toenail Uh, but it's made of stucco and it was destroyed when the exhibition was finished which
1: I don't know... Such a badass I know. move.
0: I don't know why I like it, but it just makes me feel like, damn, you're cool. You don't even care. You're just like, this existed for one experience and now it's gone and you can never have it again.
1: Something that prevents a lot of people from making large work is, what am I going to do with it after? <laughs> and in her case, she's kind of like, make it. If you have to destroy it, at least it existed.
0: Right. Especially something like this where it's stucco and whatever. It's not It's not like a expensive beaded <laughs> lemon. <laughs> which I would hoard in my closet space if I had to.
1: It's really pretty though. And I like that it looks organic. It looks handmade. Mm -hmm. It's not super clean and... It's not, like,
0: fabricated, quote-unquote.
1: It's really nice that it has this, like, hand-textured quality to yeah. it.
0: Oh, I saw a picture on... I forgot to tell you this last time, but I saw a picture on her Instagram of her making this. Or I'm assuming what she used to make it. It was just a picture of her with this big, long, like, accordion-type pipe, like, plastic pipe that was, like, big. Oh. So I think that's what she used to start it and then... To shape it. Shape it, yeah, so... Oh, so just speaking of this, real quick, she—you're never gonna believe it, even after I've already told you it.
1: <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me more.
0: Was looking at her more, work.
1: Tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Did she put up a fight? Um,
0: I'm interested in sculpture now because of her. I just feel this makes me so happy. I saw it, and I don't know what. I, nothing has ever clicked in with me. To like make something 3D and not 2D ever. I've Mm. never been. It's, I can like sculpture and still not want to make it. And I'm kind of interested. I'm like getting into that realm. And I think it's partially because of her work. So if I make a really cool sculpture one day.
1: I hope you do. I'm going to cry. I think your work would translate really well as sculpture. I
0: wonder too. I never thought about this until right this moment. But this palm tree looks like a noodle to me. So I'm kind of like, ooh, (laughs) get excited by that. So. While Charles Ray, who she kind of studied under at UCLA, if you remember, back to the beginning, removed a decomposing California redwood and then reproduced it in Japanese Cypress for his sculpture called Hinoki Hinoki in 2007, Ryan's palm remains where she found it. So this kind of goes back to what you always talk about with like land artists and stuff that they're... You know, trying not to destroy the environment to make the thing or to better it or leave it how it was found. Or
1: What's so funny is, generally, not always the case, I find female artists to be more conscious of leaving the environment better. Man wants to conquer nature. Woman is nature. Fuck yeah,
0: we are mother nature. Where are we? Okay, so there's this woman, Lindsay, writing a review of this show. Oh, talking about men and women. Here we go. Um, she's talking about femininity, especially in the context of sculpture, which, whatever, you have some things to say about this, but this is what she writes.
1: I think even bringing up, like, I wonder if this author didn't know that Kathleen was a woman, if she would be talking about this work in this, like, femininity context, just because certain things, the fact that there's a necklace there, or it's called parasol. It's such a slippery slope with anything, because no one, like, looks at some work and was like that's so
0: masculine. <laughs> right, except that they created the norm, right? So men mm-hmm. basically were given the whole world on a platter and said do whatever you want. They created what art was in a male view.
1: Can you imagine the difference in that Jeff Koons cat piece that she worked on if it wasn't Jeff Koons who made it, but a female sculptor?
0: Totally. Like you'd be, be like oh cats cat and flowers woman. and yeah. And that's the trouble, right, with even like race and culture and stuff. Like in -hmm. our Diego episode, how he was saying that people always talk about, oh, his colors being very like Latino or Mexican. And he's like, I'm not (laughs) even Mexican. And like, what are you talking about? On one hand, yeah, it is a little bit of a cop out for her to say that. But on the other hand, that is who she is. And that is where she's coming from. And I don't know. It's weird. Um, Okay. all of that being said, she writes... Ryan's subtlety and lightness of touch is almost irreverent in the face of the canonized male modernists. One can almost hear the mantra backwards in high heels. So this is uh, referencing Ginger Rogers in one of her movies where she's like, you know, the lead, whatever the, the woman in the duo. And they're like praising the guy for doing all these dance moves and stuff. And then someone was like, yeah, well, Ginger did the exact same moves except backwards and high heels.
1: Ooh! Mm-hmm. oh, what? Damn! Burn!
0: She says, yet, in Weightless Again, Ryan's display of large-scale sculptures feels more like Aretha Franklin's recording of Respect. Insert a little thing here. I did not know this, which is crazy because I'm a soul person. I love soul music. But she said, in the recording of Respect, a song that was originally written and recorded by Otis Redding... Which, how different would that song be if he sang it? Mm-hmm. The opposite of the yeah. effect. It wouldn't have had an effect. It's crazy. Well, So clearly. we go back to <laughs> what we were just yeah. talking about. Yep. Um, as written in Rolling Stone, quote, she sang from higher ground, a woman calling an end to the exhaustion and sacrifice of a raw deal with scorching sexual authority. The art world has its own version of this kind of reclamation, with artists like Elaine Sturtevant leading the charge, though Sturtevant evaded the description of her practice as feminist, her work, at least in retrospect, was a staunch form of female empowerment.
1: I'm so glad I looked her up. Right, she's it's so. I can't fascinating. wait to do an episode on her. Tell people about her. Really, okay. Quickly.
0: So, for those who don't know, she became Elaine Sturtevant became well known for appropriating, which is like, <laughs> at least for her, was basically just replicating other art artists works slightly inexactly like if you saw pictures of them next to each other they look exactly the same mm-hmm. um for example she did a series of warhol's flowers which she showed only weeks after <laughs> warhol debuted them which is such a slap in the f- well it is but they were friends but it's such a slap yeah in i the heard
1: face. that warhol gave her permission yeah.
0: Uh, She also did a piece of one of Klaus Oldenburg's sculptures, and he was furious.
1: (laughs) So here we have Warhol
0: and Oldenburg. Warhol thinks it's funny, and he's like, yeah, do that shit. It's funny. And Oldenburg is like, are you kidding me? (laughs) It took me weeks to make that sculpture of a broom. And it looks just like mine. (laughs) Very upsetting. Now they don't know if it's mine or theirs. So her next show, Pink Hook Iron Eyes at Arsenal in New York is in 2017. <laughs> We're going back in time. <laughs> Marty! Um, <gasps> I was just gonna sing the Back to the Future uh, song and in my head popped out the Jurassic Park song. So I was like about to be like <laughs> doo-doo, 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 doo-doo,
1: doo-doo, doo-doo. <laughs> Now I need to know, what's the Back to the Future one? A long, long time ago. <laughs> The galaxy far away. Comes Star Wars. Uh,
0: then it's Harry Potter. Okay, three point two gigawatts. Eighties. <laughs> it's the eighties. It's the eighties. Uh, okay. Um. So in this one, Pink Hook Iron Eyes. There's a lot of sexy sensuality. Oh yeah. Um. That I may not have gotten if I didn't read the press release. <laughs> I'm glad you read things. So glad I researched for realsies. <laughs> so these seed pods, I probably would have got the seed pod.
1: For those who didn't, for those who live didn't live in, in Los Southern Angeles. California
0: growing up, certain palm trees have like this weird gigantic, like it looks like a huge bean pod that just starts growing at a certain time of year, and you're like, what's this? And then slowly, slowly, it opens like a giant vagina, and out pops this huge, like dangly. Just look it up on the internet. But it's like a dangly seed thing. There's like ton- thousands of seeds. Yeah. These seed pods from palm trees are kind of the more obvious sexuality, sensuality one, symbolizing fertility, right? And they're vag shaped, kind of like vaginas. And there's like dripping gems on the inside. So that's, uh, yeah. So there's two in this show. One has like jade green colored seeds and it's titled Miranda and the rose quartz pinky colored seeds is titled Diana
1: so they're hanging downwards from the ceiling on these like chains and hooks which are industrial mm-hmm. and very cool looking that's and that's like what you
0: would hang meat on in a meat
1: yeah and then like the outside of the pod that the seeds are all encased in originally those are open and those are the iron parts right yes and then hanging between them are all the stems and all these little itty-bitty gems. Yeah, they're like that
0: teardrop-shaped.
1: Are, mm-hmm, and like clasped onto these gold-wired stems. Yeah. And it's like the cluster of all these gems.
0: Yeah, and they're all kind of like the pearl idea or the... Um Bowling ball idea, they're all different colors, right? So there's like bluish green ones that are darker, and there's like really, really pale turquoise ones, and then more yellowy green ones. And it's gorgeous. And then all the hardware is gold. It's so, so pretty. So then there's those two, it's a really minimal show. There's just those two things hanging, and then a minimal looking pinkish granite seat titled throne.
1: It's the exact same shape as a mounting block. It reminds me of a yep. shoe shine thing, but there's these ash
0: cheek marks on the middle stair, mm-hmm. and then heel marks below. So she, clearly, she's saying a woman was sitting there, or was, I don't know. I guess someone else wearing heels. So then, in the back is a piece called barbed wire, which is another. What is it? Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but this is when I. My. Is a piece entitled barbed wire. And it's another bowling ball pearl necklace, but displayed on the ground, kind of all just like, I watched her manipulating one of these just in one of those videos. It looked so fun. All I want to do is play with a giant bowling ball pearl necklace on the floor. It's just like you move one piece and they're all like,
1: like a snake. (laughs) See you going in, (laughs) and with your tip of your toe, just like (gasps) I would. (laughs) (laughs) It slides all the way into the
0: wall. I can't imagine if you really wanted it to go somewhere, it wouldn't. Like you would pull one side, and the other side would go the opposite direction. It'd be like driving a tractor (laughs) trailer. Like I didn't mean for that turn to be so dramatic. The whole thing flips over. Okay.
1: Oh, did we mention we've already done already done
0: not all this though? We're doing good for coming up with new shit. I think we are. So the balls are different kinds of black and blue. <laughs> Why don't you name it blue balls? <laughs> black or deep navy. Like they're all different colors, like how we've been talking about the pearl mm-hmm.
1: necklaces. And like dark green. Right, yeah, some? they're
0: really cool again. The press release says shadow, hammer, conqueror, crusher which are the names on the bowling balls, named dark bowling balls chained together like a necklace tossed aside a lover's bed. Black pearls once cherished by the men who fingered and named them, which that's the sexual part I wouldn't have gotten, but totally true. Like men are putting their fingers in the bowling ball holes and naming them with these like intense names, like hammer and (laughs) Conqueror. So (laughs) such a man's (laughs) idea. of Uh Forgotten individuals are bound together, their virility tempered by sentiment, pleasure, and romance.
1: Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool.
0: Bachante Kunsthistorisches Museum in Vienna, which is the important part, 2017. Cool, cool fact about Kate. She's a badass. She is the youngest person to show at this museum in Vienna. The next youngest is Susan Phillips, who is a good 20 years older. That's crazy.
1: Maybe I should have chosen UCLA.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But would have UCLA chosen us? We don't know.
1: (laughs) It's like um, there's this famous quote by the philosopher I really love, Alain de Botton. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I need to just find it. We fall in love because we long to escape from ourselves with someone as beautiful, intelligent, and witty as we are ugly, stupid, and dull. But what if such a perfect being should one day turn around and decide they will love us back? We can only be somewhat shocked. How can they be as wonderful as we had hoped when they had the bad taste to approve of someone like us?
0: Oh my God, it's so sad. Why do we all hate ourselves so much? You're beautiful, by the way. Have I ever told you that? I know you think that I'm being sarcastic when I say that, but I'm not. Like, you always are like, won't believe me. Even
1: my melty side of my face.
0: (laughs) Back to Vienna in 2017. There's just one piece in this museum. And it's similar to her other Bachante pieces. It's polished concrete balloons stacked flowing and chained together but this one is chained to there's like a a thin marble pedestal type thing
1: you wouldn't call that a pedestal platform yes um it's like five inches tall or something but like it's kind of like a twin size mattress in dark marble
0: perfect (laughs) very good visual (laughs) for all of us (laughs) uh and then in the center there's these, like, four terracotta orange chimney shafts, which are kind of just, like, rounded off squares. So if you look at these balloons, it's, again, very much like the jewels or the pearls or whatever, where all the concrete is different shades and colors, and it has, like, this marbling so effect. pretty. They're like- so pretty.
1: Tan concrete than like. The yeah, light how did she gray get and the different dark ones? Gray. That's crazy. I don't know. We have so many now questions I for her. Can do we... stuff in concrete. I've never wanted to deal with concrete before in my whole life. <laughs> I did something in concrete. It's like rocks in there. It is not. Well, you gotta buy, to buy to different concrete.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's concrete with rocks in it. There's concrete without rocks in it. So I guess you don't
1: shop at Home Depot. Right.
0: So sh- I liked hearing about how she came up with this. Uh, she first came up with the idea for this while she was at the Getty, looking at Bachante. With an ape, by Hendrik Ter Bruggen, and I've seen this piece before, not in person that I remember, but when I was a kid, I, my mom like realized I was interested in art, and so she sent me to art classes with this kooky lady <laughs> named Bonnie. <laughs> she, with a bunch of the other kids, took us. We like planned a trip to the Getty. I got this book from my trip as like a souvenir, and it was. A is for artists and it's just like ABC book. But one of them is G is for grapes and uh, which is just this corner. It's like this little corner piece with the monkey and he's like eating grapes and he has them. Then there's this booby Bachante lady in it, but it doesn't show that until like the back. It'll show you like where the paint, the whole painting came from. Anyway, Hmm. Romeo, my son loves this book and It makes me so happy because, I don't know, it's just
1: like... P.S. this Bachante is kind of terrible. Oh my God, her face
0: is so scary. I don't... She's been working. That's what I keep... She's so buff. Uh, Almuth Spiegler was a guy who talked about this, and I had to translate all of it from German, so I'm not quite sure about all of it, but... So he says, Ryan was fascinated by the grapes that were torn apart, which a Bachante crushed in her hand... (laughs) The essence of the intoxicated woman did not let Ryan go. She met her again. And then they're kind of referencing this piece, which the curator Jasper Sharp mentions, La Jeune Tartine uh, at the Paris Musée d'Orsay. And it's basically the same shape as these grapes, but it's a woman who's like, Really uncomfortable on this pedestal, like laying like she's been roofied, I think, and she's like laying over a pedestal, and it's
1: she like got thrown out of the fourth story of a building and landed on the garbage pile. So
0: yeah, except didn't explode.
1: Also, I think the Musée d'Orsay is where I touched that painting. I totally forgot about this. I sent it to you, but I texted my cousin Brian who was with me who slapped my How hand. How much older about is Brian it? than you? Three years. Okay.
0: That makes sense that Something he was like, like uh, 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 <laughs> don't touch that. <laughs> Those renaissance paintings.
1: <laughs> so when we re-recorded I said neo-impressionist painting which is not either. It was neoclassist Is there a neo-impressionist? <laughs> yeah oh. there is. But I googled it and I'm like this is even further from <laughs> at least renaissance was kind of like like i'm 500 years off god damn it uh i asked him if he remembered this and he said i still tell people about touching about you touching the ingress
0: (laughs) the name of the painter i don't know how to pronounce his (laughs) name
1: but the painter surprisingly it's kind of a bragging point among students here to see who has touched the most expensive painting i think you might have the record
0: haha dude you win you're so cool
1: Visitor, visitor, <laughs> step away oh, from the paint from the ingress. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so back <clears throat> to this Pachante. Yes,
0: yeah, so this lady's clearly very uncomfortable laying over this thing, and so are Katie's balloons. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Um, Another quote says cast balloons lie out like the young woman once the Apulian Tarento, quite uncomfortable on a pedestal for the unity of the grape or brutally held together for the tempting pose of femininity and willingness through heavy iron chains and i can't really understand this translation but almuth is and others are relating it to wives with balls chained to their feet since the grapes were all chained together this beautiful luscious plump quote-unquote figure like the grapes are a figure. Because it really does look exactly like that. Yeah. Um, or shapes tied together on the pedestal with industrial materials. Seven Sculptures at Sunset. Josh Lilly in L.A., 2018. This is where her bad fruit first make an appearance. And i that's kind of where I saw her first. Or the work that I saw of hers first that made me really interested in her satellite in repose this is similar to the parasol piece uh mm-hmm. except this skeletal form instead of of a umbrella it's a satellite satellite and it's on the ground dish. instead of standing up a sa- sorry satellite dish
1: but like the wire frame of a satellite right. dish. so it
0: looks pretty similar to the parasol one but
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's on the floor and it's clear that this is a satellite dish and then there's all more parakeets on it. But instead of the green colors, it's like a gradient kind of of uh, black and dark grays and white. And and then a little bit towards the center, it's like orangey, peachy orange.
1: It looks very similar to that Munsell color binder that we had to color in gouache.
0: That's so my nightmare. This is literally you know why I'm- I only buy my paint at Home Depot pre-mixed. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, and I don't care but who knows it.
1: <laughs> because of that experience and actually learning how to mix paint now a little bit, but that sounds way now easier. I mix all my own paints oh, nice. for my specific colors. That
0: still sounds bad. I hate I hate any prep work. I don't even like gessoing my own canvases. So,
1: art isn't it amazing? <laughs> isn't it
0: lovely? So many songs. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. Uh, so this is what she says about the satellite about satellite in repose when i was making this work i was thinking a lot about technology's ability to reach intangible energy light sound communication and how the satellite dishes really tied to this ephemeral intangible thing but it's very grounded by the earth as well as if frozen in nature this piece really represents the title of the show seven sculptures at sunset Here I was thinking of the sunset as this frozen moment in between the life of day and the death of night. All of these sculptures were somehow arrested in that moment of transition. The sunset, perhaps, because it's so fleeting, is viciously alive. All of the sculptures have a lot of life and death, vibrating, buzzing like a hummingbird.
1: Are there actually seven sculptures in this show? I don't
0: have all of them in there, but yes. So I really like that idea that she's talking about because I never thought about this, but technology is basically creating or dealing with things that you can't see. You can't really like hold or grasp or feel or Mm -hmm. have like communication is just more. It's a thing, but it's not something you can like hold and same with light and sound. Mm -hmm. So and then she has Fountain of Youth, which is the title of this piece that has kind of her first use of fruit, like plastic fruit. And it's an, a different version of these cast seed pods, palm seed pods, except this one is like, must just be more open version of one. So it yeah. kind of looks like a, it's almost like a full circle instead of like a long, elongated thing. What is it called? We talked about it last time, what it looked the like. The claw Oh, thing yes. That yeah, that's what it and is.
1: Picks up plush animals at Disney. I mean, at Denny's.
0: Yeah. Like that you can never. The other fun place that you can for kids. never.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the cheap place for entertaining children. <laughs> hey, I love that. So in the sculpture, it's just two of them and they are touching at the bottom. So it's all these like little tiny pushpin fruit that's like gathered at the bottom being like held by the hooks.
0: Yes. Thank you for your help.
1: And again, it's like hanging from the ceiling on all the chain hook. Yeah. So this fruit is it was a thing
0: in the day. So she, this is where she talks about thrifting. She says she's been obsessed with it since she was really young and a lot of the things that she makes comes from that. So she started buying these pinned fruits from these were a thing in the 60s and 70s and she started buying them years ago and They were basically like in a kit with preformed styrofoam and then all these jeweled pins. And then you would just cover the entire form with all the pins. So it just looks like this jeweled fruit. The 60s and 70s were weird.
1: Maybe it was fun if you're on drugs.
0: Maybe it was fun if there's no technology. (laughs) (laughs) So she's collecting these things over years and she eventually gets this small collection going and then she starts thinking, okay, I should do something with these. So she starts searching on eBay around that time. Mm-hmm. She made over 200 purchases in a year of obsessively hunting. She says, sometimes they would come with little notes from their makers. I remember one batch came from an old lady. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> what? i would never just say old lady an old lady i would say like an older elderly older from this old this old lady <laughs> you ever seen that video <laughs> no This <laughs> old chill Shout an old lady no okay nope never mind i can't tell if this is going better or worse i really can't sometimes they would come with little notes from their makers i remember one batch came from an old lady who <laughs> who said that she made them with her brother in 1959 and was happy that they had a good home. I Mm. told her that the note really touched me, but I didn't tell her or anybody else that I was using their fruit creations for art, mostly just because I hate writing emails. Oh my God. But I do think a lot about (laughs) what might happen if everyone could see their old objects in their new life. She's just like, thanks for the fake fruit. bye Kathleen liked how anonymous and intimate the fruit was. She says, there is the satisfying contrast between the harsh, sharp container and the bulging cornucopia of intensely artificial fruit. It spills and fills out the space in which industry and nature are combined as a frozen swelling abundance preserved in plastic. So then coming off of that same thing is these molding bad fruits.
1: And this is what I think people will recognize the most. Yes.
0: So this is what she's and what she's currently making right now. Like mm. all of her work seems to be different versions of these. They're called semi-precious bone, fools mold, and sour pearls. So they're just giant lemons, like lemons the size of like bigger than watermelons, and uh.
1: yeah, they look like two feet wide. Right. Yeah,
0: they're big and they're covered they're just like a
1: so for people to get a sense it's in a white room the floor is gray there's three gray plants and three lemons oversized lemons and the lemons are push pinned with their own yellow beads and then one lemon is like covered in dark green and medium green mold pins One's, like, mostly yellow with, like, a side of it being green. And then one, the last one, is a little bit of yellow and covered in white mold with, like, a little bit of green mold. But all the mold is semi-precious stones and beads and stuff, right? and then all
0: the regular color of whatever the fruit, because she has, like, peaches and other fruits, too. But Mm -hmm. um, all of those are, like, glass beads, so they're less expensive, So, like, the normal, what you would say is the value in the fruit, right? The reason you buy the fruit to use it is in this, like, less expensive material. But then all this mold that's growing is in these, like, semi-precious, more expensive stones.
1: Obviously, the color, but also the texture and the size of the stones vary, which makes it more convincing as mold.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's growing, truly, on it. To give a background on that, she lets... Fruit rot in her studio for weeks to observe them and match. Yeah, so one one of the interviewers was like, "There's fruit
1: flies all over her studio." That has to be so unhealthy to be like inhaling mold. Yeah, it's you. bad.
0: It doesn't seem like a good idea. So the fruit is made of polystyrene foam, and then oh, you're right, three feet in diameter, and a single lemon mm. takes up to two months to complete and is covered in some ten thousand beads and stones. So there's an interviewer, Alice Bucknell. She asks a lot of your work plays with and challenges the viewers emotions and sense of value. What draws you to the line between what's cheap and sacred, delectable and repulsive to which she says for all three works, the values in the mold, the yellow parts are just glass beads, but the bits gone off are made from luxurious yet natural materials, crystals and semi-precious stones and precious gemstones There's also freshwater pearls and carved bone and coral beads. All the works have something to do with morality, like a Vanitas painting. Ivy vines, shells, fruit depicting decay and death and rot, but very much alive. Fruit is dying, but mold is thriving. By using natural materials for the mold, it has this energy to it that you can feel. They're dying, but also suspended in this buzzing aliveness.
1: She's really interested in that middle ground between death and liveliness. Like she talked about before, the liveliness of day and the death of night. And then here, I think that middle ground is where her work thrives. Yes,
0: agreed. So in May, she and her boyfriend, the artist, Gavin Kenyon, who makes these totemic sculptures of concrete and cast iron, her and Gavin signed a lease on a 3,000-square-foot warehouse in Jersey City.
1: Who doesn't have a 3,000-square-foot Mine foot is 55,000,
0: or 5,500. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, wow. That is the size of the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> I just made that up. I have no idea how big the San Diego Zoo is.
1: We're just throwing just,
0: out facts. <laughs> I'm going
1: to scroll and scroll.
0: So that's her. She's cute. Here's another picture okay. of her.
1: She's cute. She's so cute with her side eye. She looks too cool to be my friend. Yeah. I know. Me too. All of her mold printouts, they're all on wrinkly paper. <laughs> like they've been wet and dried.
0: Well, she printed the whole thing. The ink is like, the paper was probably soaking when it came out of the printer. Like, just, <laughs> now you're out of ink. They printed one piece and now you're out of ink. Holding it up it's just dripping off. It's like dripping. Get it off. <laughs> <sighs> Technology jokes. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, okay. Kathleen much prefers found and handmade to glossy and manufactured, as we can probably tell. Partially because she worked at Carlson and Company for three years before it shut down. And that was like a fabric art fabrication warehouse thing.
1: It's where Jeff Koons got his work fabricated. Yeah. Right? And
0: she actually worked on one of Jeff Koons's pieces called Cat on a Clothesline. I put a picture of it there. It's real, real creepy.
1: It looks like something that would be on a grandma's hand painted yes. Sweatshirt. It is <laughs> and then probably a painted fanny pack to go with, with it.
0: With a real cat inside.
1: <laughs> it's just a picture on her sweatshirt, but in real life.
0: <laughs> she says, I learned how to take on when she when she worked at this place fabricating these things. She says, I learned how to take on and break down real ambitious projects. But afterwards, while earning her MFA, she wanted to create imperfect handmade ceramics. And she says, I was really burned out from figuring things out with a spreadsheet. So she grew up in Santa Monica where oranges were everywhere, but they were also a symbol of decadence. But it wasn't until two years after moving to New York that her fruit in her work started decaying. Alice Bucknell asks, Is there any moralistic read to your work? She says, not really. I'm interested in how people relate to value, and my sculptures are a way of teasing out that relationship and playing with our sense of judgment. In a sense, my work can be read as a critique of wild consumerism and displays of wealth, but it also totally happily indulges in it. The works are skeptical of the more is more attitude and are also like, well, fuck it, more is more. The works at Josh Lilly are maybe a bit more complicated in their decadence, while earlier works like the giant snake ring with crystal eyeballs, which (laughs) I didn't see that, and gigantic (laughs) Mm -hmm. grape bunches made out of polished concrete. We know about those Mm -hmm. are total exhibitionists reveling in the decadence of this supposedly humble material. So then when talking about her move to New York and how it changed her, she says, The big difference between the two cities that has influenced my work is the change in density. The work I was making before in L.A. had a few bold elements and materials, more simple gestures, maybe as a reflection of the sprawl, the intense light of the desert climate. For the show at Josh Lilly, which I made in New York, everything was made up of lots of little parts. They were still... But had this frenetic energy from the density of thousands of little parts, similar to how you feel in New York, I'm still rooted in my California girl upbringing, the nature stuff, palm trees, citrus, and sunsets, as well as the arch- this is my favorite thing that she says, as well as the archetypes or references to classical and ancient work as a Hollywood reinterpretation, the Cleopatra set version of it, like a giant clamshell or Greek columns. The stuff coming out Mm -hmm. of me is coming from California, but the density and the energy is changing now after being in this crazy, dense, gritty, dark place. The pace and the vibe yearning for the stuff I grew up with, sunsets and waves and open faces. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. I think this is the last, almost the last one.
1: This looks so different from her other It is
0: a completely different i would never it's kind of like mark bradford's um the pole at the The university
1: where i was like also they take a really weird left turn
0: this is a first of all what is this and also scrolling through google images like yep it's just a pole it's just a (laughs) pole okay ghost palm desert hot springs and this was for desert x which is like uh like an out is it mainly outdoor or is it only outdoor?
1: It was an outdoor exhibition, the California desert, yeah. in, like, various spots. So you had to travel to specific locations. Yeah. The most famous was probably Doug Aitken's Mirage House.
0: Mm-hmm. The, like, mirrored house that you were talking about?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, anyway, to describe Ghost Palm, it's like a, like a steel uh, frame, like, gridded frame for the the trunk of the tree. So it's a palm tree. Yes, it's a tree the trunk is this steel frame and then the the fronds at the top are like a clear p- whitish plastic and then also the what's supposed to be like the dead fronds on the like mm-hmm. around that on the top of the trunk are all in this like chandelier it looks like a big long chandelier kind of of this plastic mm-hmm. stuff and it's just in the middle of the desert it looks so
1: different than anything she's ever made so i think why it's so different is that Normally she's taking found objects or objects that are originally something else and then turning them into the new objects like bowling balls as pearl Mm -hmm. necklace or balloons as grapes or little gems to seeds where this is trying to be what it actually is so like those plastic fronds that had to be like specifically made and cut there wasn't something that was pre-existing
0: yeah, that she's like repurposing.
1: Yeah, that's not what it actually is and then it's transformed into an object like this is made from a palm to be a palm. And what is normally like this very nostalgic colors, this is very transparent and sterile and harsh where everything else is kind of like soft and comforting. Yeah, totally. And not to say that it is a critique on this, it's just it's just it's that just is very how it's different.
0: Like, yeah. Um so it's cited on top of the San Andreas Fault, like as close as you could get to like on top of it.
1: Oh, that should be on our playlist. I'm so excited for this playlist. (laughs) By Natalie Merchant.
0: This is going to be such a good playlist. I am really excited. (laughs) Can we start it with the Jurassic Park thieves? song? (laughs) Uh, She went to a bunch of different sites and with the curator... A couple of times looking for the fault line she said that growing up in california was always this invisible mysterious scary power that you couldn't see uh and that she was really afraid of it but wanted to find some sort of tangible evidence of it like tension or something so her and this curator went to one oasis spot that katie originally picked for ghost palm but it was like super creepy i guess they said that they felt like they were being watched even though they were alone or so they thought and and like birds were singing but they couldn't see any birds and they they couldn't feel a wind but they heard the rustling of leaves um sounds like a bad setup for a creepy
1: (laughs) some sort of a like a straight to vhs yeah yes exactly
0: leprechaun except not as good (laughs) um uh so they explored for a while and katie was really seduced deeper and deeper like she was like down on the ground looking at stuff and really interested and focused on things and the other lady amanda was like i kind of want to leave like i'm getting creeped out and what a bad partner truly (laughs) she's like let's get out of here and she's like i have work to do so then right as amanda wanted to leave katie had found like water pooling and bubbling like from the fault line from underneath the ground at some point when they were trying to leave like one of them slipped and fell and they got super creeped out and then as they were running away the other one slipped and fell and they were like ah get us out of here like like truly <laughs> straight to VHS um and they ran true like literal running back to the car and she said it made her think of course she would say this her greek self that it made her think of the siren song in greek mythology like something seducing you but that it's dangerous Uh, she sort of flipped on this one like we were saying by using plastic instead of stones or clay or steel and she brought it into nature self-conscious of how unnatural it is in this natural space she chose the type of palm that naturally occurred in this desert, like the palm trees in LA. Those tall, skinny ones mm-hmm. that we're not trying to body shame either one, uh, but those are unnatural. They're like brought in. So much Botox but, and yeah, they have tons Botox of Botox and they're and- really tall and skinny and they don't even eat rice, <laughs> like in that little Wayne song. This one was naturally occurring. These ones with all of like dead fronds and stuff on the top of them, those are natural to that area. So she says, I realize that in the past, I've normally brought nature into the white cube, I guess. This time it was flipped. Every decision I made had to take that into consideration. How is the sun in different positions and different weather going to affect it? wind how is it going to respond to wind which by the way if you see a video of it it sounds really cool and like kind of creepy in the wind it's Mm. like you know like a weird plasticky like a plasticky wind chime (laughs) she said i never had to visit that before this idea of how her work was going to respond to anything outside of the y cube i wondered if once nature had its way with it the piece if then it would come back into the white cube and bring some sort of nature back with it. Mm. Yeah. So, so that's it guys. Um, Her most recent, I mean, she's had a, a show after that in 2019. So her most recent Instagram posts, well, before we recorded this a thousand <laughs> times, <laughs> it was just like a post of a picture of a like old van or something. And just this, so it's uh-huh.
1: from an Airstream trailer, oh, is right? It?
0: Yeah, you're right. Yes, you're right. So then she just posted a watermelon emoji as the...
1: So there's like an Airstream trailer and the back of it's cut off and placed back. And then to the right of it, it's the Airstream metal, but perfectly shaped as the watermelon rind. And then the emojis in her comment. It's like a hint. A watermelon's coming. Yeah, and then
0: as I kept looking, it truly is, and it looks like it's gonna be like mostly eaten, so it's like Mm -hmm. just the rind with like some pale, weird pink parts, clumpy on there and stuff. It looks so cool. I'm I'm really excited. So excited, excited and it's huge. I mean, clearly, if it's an Airstream, like it's a big piece of metal. Yeah. And then at Art Basel, that she has a really big um, collection of these fruits, like fruits that aren't in the other photos like grapes and uh like a cut open lemon and like Mm -hmm. oranges and they're all piled on top of each other on this cart uh it looks awesome and rotting obviously so that's that i got all my info from the new york times press releases from both of her galleries art news alicebucknell.com desertx.org and instagram
1: and her website Yay. i'm in love with her work i'm so too. excited that you found her i know me too
0: i'm so glad that you like her work
1: if you enjoy this at all please tell a friend please. that's like the most important thing tell people share it on any kind of social media that would and, be so
0: helpful to share it on social media
1: yeah We'd be so grateful because we really love doing this. Otherwise, we would not be doing all of these. No, because it's twice difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Once is we have no time. (laughs) So I'm very grateful for Olive for making time to not only do this in the first place, but set aside time that I know is so valuable for her and her family and her work to Mm. allow us to do this. So I'm so happy
0: well and i'm so grateful for you because you edit the whole thing and you get me going i will keep doing it yeah
1: show up and that's i mean that's what fred rogers did he just showed up every day for those kids and changed everyone's lives now i'm crying are you crying i told you i'm crying are you crying he ended i like being with you you're very special see you tomorrow
0: oh my god that makes me cry (laughs) Hey guys, we like being with you. You're very special. See you whenever we get the chance to make another episode. (laughs) And enjoy our playlist.
1: Bye-bye.